It's this might be a sensible time to turn around and start running. Big fat Kobe cow. To be honest, I don't want to get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got big cojones. Yeah. I managed to kind of latch onto the back pair of the first three balls. I didn't know if I was very unqualified for being a matador. Hello, and welcome to What's in Matt's Head with me. Matt Head. There isn't much in there to be honest, but there are a few good travel tales, the odd fact, and a brain in dire need of stimulation. Before this crappy global pandemic, I could be found working in a ski resort, travelling in my van, or most likely, labouring on a building site. And in the last five years, I've seen some pretty strange and interesting things. This show is all about those misadventures, starting with my first big road trip around Europe. Joining me, as he did then, is my trusty travel partner and good friend Will Bannister, who always ensured we made the most of our time on the road, and without whom, a lot of these stories would never have happened. Also here is Charlie Newhall, all-round good bloke and another person who has jumped in the van for some poor night's sleep on the continent. Today we are winding the clock back to the summer of 2016, to when we had just left school and embarked on our first big adventure, starting in the Spanish city of Pamplona home to the Sandman Festival and the Running of the Bulls. This is an event steeped in history that goes way back to the 4th century AD, with its main character, Sandman, who was the son of the city's senator, but left home to spread his newfound faith. He roamed like a good Roman over the Pyrenees and into France, where he set about converting some pagans to Christianity. He travelled from city to city, sharing the good gospel until he got to a place called Amiens. And it was here that it all went a bit downhill for him. After a good run of 40 days converting the locals, he met some fierce resistance to his preaching. So fierce, in fact, that he was beheaded. Fast forward 300 years, and his body was recovered. And then fast forward another 600 years, and he finally made it back to Pamplona. It was a lengthy delay, but Pamplona had not forgotten him, and he was made a saint, and ever since his homecoming back in 1196, they have thrown a party in his memory. Part of the Sanfamin celebrations is the running of the bulls, where fighting bulls chase anyone brave enough to run with them to the bull ring. But there is so much more to it than that. We arrived late at night to roads full of people, streets full of music, and a town full of joy. So Will, what were your first impressions of the city and the fiesta on the night we got there? Well, um, we got there late at night, so it was quite difficult to actually see what the city was like. Um, and also we were quite quite stressed out with trying to find a place to park um i seem to remember that being our first issue and um we somehow reached the decision to park in a graveyard it was a graveyard with actually a really long driveway not that not that i have been to many graveyards uh throughout my time so far yeah it had, it had a really long driveway all the way down into it and had a tunnel um not a tunnel a bridge um which we had to go under uh, yeah remember that being quite tight we nearly didn't make it under yeah yeah but um just quite a but the good thing was it was quiet and peaceful. Like mm. they're all having a good rest in there, so at least we weren't, we weren't kept up all night. Yeah, it's not not exactly noisy neighbours when you're uh, next to a graveyard, is it? Did we go into Pamplona on the first night, or did we just stay in a graveyard? No, so we rocked up to all the fireworks because obviously we got there on the last day of the festival, well, the penultimate night, and then when our actual day there was the last day. But we got there, and once we'd settled in in the van, it was all kind of crazy fireworks and we walked into town and that that's when we realised that everyone was wearing the same thing so we looked a bit odd 
Oh, because I don't know if you've seen the pictures, chats, but everyone wears like this kind of white uniform, like a red handkerchief, and literally everyone was wearing it. And me and Barn were just there and like looking like tourists. At least, can you just buy them off the street? Could you just buy the neckerchiefs and stuff yeah. off the side of the road? Yeah, luckily, yeah, was, luckily, there were loads of stools selling all kinds of like <clears> t-shirts <throat> and trousers, and neckerchiefs, and food and drinks. It was pretty. It was yeah, just like a festival, really. Like, any, like a Christmas market on steroids. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Christmas market. And then, especially with the fireworks, they were crazy. Mm. And then we just kind of wandered around because I guess by then everyone who'd been there had done all the things we meant to do in the day and were pretty good spirits. And we, to be fair, I didn't really know anything about it when we actually went. Everything I know is in kind of retrospect from reading up on it. So when we got there, I was like, what is going on? Like, where are the cows? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly so what was, Yeah, we just kind of walked around. It was like, Obviously, it was our it was our first night of proper travelling. Like before that, we'd only been at school. Obviously, had our trip to Cavos, and then we literally went to Stonehenge, which is pretty different to a festival. And then sat on a ferry for twenty four hours, and then we got there and we're like, "This is nuts!" Like pretty wide eyed, first time travelling, which is like, "This is going to be insane." And then the next day definitely lived up to that. Mm-hmm. And that's because the next day was the running of the bulls, which is just pretty damn crazy. In theory, it just serves a practical purpose to get the bulls from their paddock by the river to the boring in town, but in reality, it's the wildest, maddest, most exciting, yet terrifying way you can start your day. You're going to be surrounded by thousands of other people, all dressed the same way, and you're all singing to sound from into protection while stood outside the town hall. You're all closed into this cobblestone running court, which is nearly a kilometre long, and you're all about to get chased along the streets of Pamplona by six of the world's scariest fighting bulls. The ideal of the run is to briefly join the pack as you run alongside these beasts and they overtake you. And it's an event rich in history and culture and tradition. It's part of a fiesta that's taken place since the 12th century, and the bull running has barely changed since the barricades first went up in 1776, which is about the time the Declaration of Independence was being read out in America. In the modern version, there have been 15 deaths and countless injuries, so... How did you feel, Barn, stood in that course with all those people about to risk your life in front of bulls that were bred to kill? Yeah, it was quite surreal. You um, you definitely don't feel as though you're going to risk your life. You kind of just feel as though it's a normal morning, but just very busy, full of people. You just stood it's there. part of that because you didn't know like how scary these bulls are meant to be. Like, at the time, we yeah, just thought they were cows. We didn't realise yeah, that I these thought... are like killers, Bred their whole lives to kind of hurt you. Yeah, no, I'd, I just thought that it'd be a few cows running at me and I'd hit it with a newspaper and go out for way of it as it went past. I didn't really um, think too, too much of it other than uh, other than that, which I guess in a way is is the exact principle of it, is, is it's a few big animals that are going to be running at you, but really they're running past you. Um, you might get a spank on the bottom of one with a newspaper, but other than that, it's nothing amazing. But yeah, yeah no, I think but... I was like stood there. I was mainly feeling like mainly excited, a little bit nervous, but I didn't know anyone would like die doing it. So I was mainly just excited to get going, and like everyone there seemed pretty thrilled as well. There was that one girl me and Barn were stood next to, and oh my god, it did not end well for her, did it, Barn? No yeah, shocker. No, oh. yeah. So um, it was an American. Debatably movie. worse than mine. Yeah, it was, it was an American woman, and um, she had this hoodie on. And after Matt got taken out by the police, um, she wait, what? Matt got taken out by the police? Oh my word! Matt got taken out by the police. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yes, this is 
this is another saying I didn't know much about it. This is something that I should have worked out before. It's probably just common sense, but I thought I'd take my GoPro and I thought the best place to keep it was on my head. But the police officer didn't agree with me, so he just he just chucked me out, really. True story is that I was planning on stealing a uh, bulletie, but, um, but yeah, they took him out for his GoPro. Yeah, I don't think I would have got away with dragging one of the bulls out, but yeah, so we all stood there, like the singing had happened. Everyone was super keen to get going, like so excited. I think the first rocket had gone off by them, which is their weird mode of timekeeping. Like when the first ball gets out, they tell you by just sending a rocket up, <laughs> which is so bizarre. And then I got the tap on the shoulder from the policeman and he was like, take that off and get out. And I tried to just, I didn't know what to do. So I didn't want to miss it. So I just tried to give him the GoPro, but he was having none of it. He he slung me under the barricades pretty happily. And then this, this I didn't know what to do. So Spanish. You should have worked in your Spanish there, Matt. Yeah. You should have... Lo siento, señor. Lo siento. I feel like I should have just ran away from him. Like, what could he have done right, if I just died in the crowd? If you couldn't run away from the police officer, it was probably an even worse idea for you to be running away from some massive bulls. Definitely true. Definitely true. Yeah, that's fair enough. I might have dodged a bullet there. But it was still pretty disappointing. And then I was obviously on the outside and Barn was the inside. I was like, yeah, you crack on. I'll, I'll find yes. you later. And I spent like the next five minutes running like up and down the course trying to find a way in. But by then it's all closed off and it's way too late. So I just had to watch it. I didn't get to see, I didn't get to see him run at, at Barn. I missed that because I was somewhere completely different by the time they went past me. But oh my God, when they go past you, you know about it. You can just hear them run along. Obviously they must be, I don't know how much cowways, but I would say like, Quite three quarters of a ton maybe half a ton i don't know so you you see them flying along and there's like the six bulls and they were like they're sheep cows basically like the little ones that herd them it, it is nuts and obviously there's all the people in the same kit everyone hanging out of balconies it is wild like i want to see it again that is mental i would love to see it again but yeah while i was running around like an idiot trying to get back in <laughs> i don't what were you up to barn what, you, what was actually what was like when they went past you how did you run what actually happened Firstly, Chaz, how much did we weigh then? Mate, did you hear me typing? Yeah, I knew you were typing. I knew you were typing down there and I saw, saw a bit of Google come into your face. Right. I saw, I saw how is, much does a cow weigh? <laughs> this is generic, obviously. There's a yeah. lot of variation. We're not going to be sizest here. But an adult male bull can weigh, on average, 1.1 tonnes. That's a it's metric tonne. It's a lot, that. And, I, and I, I would, I would oh. say they were above average. Yeah, I I I'd wager. Yeah, these are them some. These are some stocky fighting bulls. Them some big. And they run thirty five miles an hour, so like faster than any man can, mm. I guess. No, we are large, but um, yeah, no, it was quite a surreal feeling. So um, obviously, I saw Matt getting taken out by police. Kind of in 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 that area when we do the bull run, they have one street that you run down, and they put big massive barricades up uh, on the side of any other street that go onto that street um, just to kind of like chicane everyone down this one street and the bull straight into the uh, bull you know those, the those barricades yeah. haven't always been there apparently like before I think they put the barricades up in the late 18th century before that the bulls just run around just try and get them back in amazing they just escaped in the city amazing but yeah when <laughs> Matt left I uh, did start to feel the presence of an American stood next to me so this American woman was, was, was stood next to me and um, <laughs> like she's wearing this hoodie and uh, as just, just as 
as we're waiting after the first cannon's gone off and before the second can can goes off, she's starting to get more and more excited and starting to get more and more bubbly. And she's just, she's asking all these questions like one straight after the other, like, oh, what do you think? Like, what do you think? Oh, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? And it's just all getting a bit annoying. Um, but um, anyhow, yeah. So when the second second or third cannon, I can't remember whichever whichever the last cannon is goes off. Just the whole atmosphere of every, everyone stood there is just it's mental. It's like a um, like a vibrating tin of sardines. Just everyone is stood so closely together, jumping up and down on their feet, trying to see if they can see the balls. Um, and you get so many like different false starts as well. So um, someone right at the front of you might start running because they uh, potentially think they see the ball. This will cause everyone down the down the track to start running, and then you realise there is no ball yet. That's so when you stop running, um, and that continues like quite a while. And actually, for me, continues probably for the majority of the route up to the ball ring. Um, I didn't realise it was only about a kilometre. Um, and so when I actually turned around and see how close I was to the bull ring and the bulls hadn't turned up yet, I did start to go back up and go back towards the centre. And it's back when I got probably halfway back to the centre, the um, suddenly like people are properly, properly running uh, back against me. And I'm like, oh, this, this might be a sensible time to turn around and start <laughs> running. Um, and I do it. And before you know it, it's like a few seconds go past and then you just see these balls just literally run right next to your hip right past you and you're there just like wow it takes by completely by surprise like it is a huge adrenaline rush and then you're running um i managed to kind of latch onto the back pair of the first three balls uh for a bit of time and so i was running with them um and then kind of was quite a lot slower than them so did tail off quite quickly after that um knackered and exhausted and uh at this stage the next set of balls run past and i didn't really expect it to be more than one set, so it did take me by surprise. But um, you get into the ball ring, and obviously, like it's, it's it's an incredible, like you're kind of like, oh wow, you know, I've just ran for balls, and you're like it's amazing. But then um, when you get into the ball ring, I think it's twenty thousand people are in there, um, and everyone's just like cheering, hooting, everything. Um, it's it's like a massive carnival in there, and um, it does kind of like it makes me feel as though if I was Russell Crowe in Gladiator, like I do understand that feeling of going out <laughs> to the Coliseum. Um, it was surreal. Obviously, none of it's for me, but um, you really do, really do feel as though it's for you. Um, it's a lovely personal touch. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you go in, you have this experience with them, and um, and then you're in the ball, you're in the ball ring, and it's just this big ring full of all the runners who have run in, and they've just still let the balls run about. So. Um, you're trying to take in the whole atmosphere, trying to take in all of the people in the crowd and everything. And then you just got all of these people stood next to you, just like smacking a ball, like completely unexpected. It's stood in literally right next to you. And you get people goading them, people running up to them, uh, having balls charge them. And you all stood there just like, like it's crazy. But yeah, Is that, that pretty scary? Did you feel like a bit of a matador at that point? Um, like, what absolutely. was that like? Uh, yeah, I, fe- I felt like a matador, but I did know that I was very unqualified for being a matador. So, um, was it? Were you scared? I was. I was scared. Yeah, I was scared. I was absolutely scared. But um, all right. Well, I hate to break it to you, Mom, but by then it's not the actual balls. They like as they get into the stadium, they get dragged out to their pens and they put in that like, little baby cows. <laughs> well, I still say <laughs> so it kind of takes your glory away. Yeah, I'm well, sorry about that, but I imagine it's still pretty scary having baby balls running at you. In a large way, you have, but yeah, even something half the size is still still not good. It's like having a uh, half a size python; you'd still be scared of it. But yeah, there was that a... was a terrible, terrible. <laughs> 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 
Well, sim- simply put, then, Charlie, would you be scared of a full-size python? Yeah, I would. Would you be scared of a python if it was half the size of a full-size python? Yeah. Thank you. So it's perfect logic applied in a applicable manner. Yeah, but it's exactly the same logic. It's just a big animal and a smaller version of the same animal. You've not really... <laughs> there's no depth added there. I feel as though my point's been proven. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll carry on with my story without any rude interruptions. But um, it was... It was uh, at that point where I started to realise this American woman was stood back next to me again. Um, and I was like, oh, God, like, you know... Um, just wasn't really wanting to talk to her. Not that she was really wanting to talk to me either. But um, yeah, then one of these obviously smaller, inferior bulls um, ran over to us, which obviously can do no damage. But um, it picked up the woman by her... Uh, it's got, got its horn caught in her hoodie and picked her up and threw her. Um, and yeah, it was quite quite a sight to see. Was she all right? Hun? Um, well, the thing is, is that throughout the whole day like you do see a lot of ambulance crews and she was treated by an ambulance crew pretty much as soon as she did land um but um oh not really. very real danger of you guys finishing your trip before it even started <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I mean, with, with, with matt being uh told off by by the law or uh me being gouged by a uh by a bull. Yeah, it could have been one one of you in hospital yeah. and one of you in jail. Yeah, per- a perfect start to a trip. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no. So um, yeah, she literally like it was it was she was about a meter or two away from me, and this bull just ran at her, picked her out. Obviously, uh, heard her American accent and didn't enjoy it, and um, picked up her hoodie and just chucked her. <laughs> um, it was it was quite surreal. She did she did fly. Um, I mean, probably about a metre or two metres up in the air, but, you know, we're not talking big distance, but obviously because it's a smaller, inferior bull. But, um, yeah, she did still still fly a bit and um, didn't have the most pleasant landings. I just think it's crazy that no one's picked this up for TV. You guys describing it just sounds like it's the perfect thing for, like, Red Bull or something like that to get on board. You know, I'd watch it on TV for yeah. sure. It just sounds crazy. Yeah, Sam. I know it's so big over in America. They... They normally broadcast it on the news, apparently, when it happens. But yeah, I'm, maybe it's a bit controversial for British. Maybe a bit soft. Yeah, I do think um, I do think uh, it obviously, um, you know, I do have quite mixed emotions over it. Because on one hand, it obviously is animal cruelty. Uh, the bulls do get killed um, at the end, but and like it is quite an archaic uh, practice. I know, I know, but I think that Pamplona is one of the only. Uh, places that does still do bullfighting and things like that. But, um, but yeah, on the other hand, like it is such from like the limited experience we had, it was such a crazy, like once in a lifetime experience to have. I don't think there's anywhere else that you would have quite the same experience as that. Um, but yeah, it does, it does definitely uh, link in with their history, but yeah, obviously um, also isn't, isn't great for the bulls. What do you think that's bad for bulls? Let's talk a bit about the bullfight, which is the main event of the festival. It's why the bulls are there and it's, it's why there's a run. So we were lucky enough to wangle some tickets off at town and go into the old stadium. Pamplona is apparently the best place to see a bullfight. It's lively and raucous and brutally real and the bulls are a sight themselves. They're bred solely to fight and they don't really have any other purpose on this planet. They're apparently descended from the semi-domesticated herds of Egyptian pharaohs and brought over to Spain by the Phoenicians. 
and since then they've been deliberately bred to battle with artificial selection, giving them a triangle head with forward-facing horns and a neck muscle designed to cause carnage. They have such weight and speed that whatever they decide to unleash their fury on will apparently feel the equivalent force to that unleashed by an artillery gun. On their first birthday, they're branded and it takes six men to wrestle just a baby one to the ground so it can get branded again. And apparently this infuriates them so much they are willing to fight forevermore. Then on their second birthday, it doesn't get much better. They have their trials and one by one they enter a ring where a ranch hand sits on a big horse with a lance and if the bull charges the rider and doesn't back away, the ranch owner yells Toro and that bull continues to be groomed into a Toro Bravo, which are the ones that do the, the running and the fighting. But if the bull doesn't attack it, it gets called a buey, and then it just gets castrated on the spot. Happy birthday to you. The successful bulls that do run through Pamplona are they're treated like gods and they're worshipped and pampered at their stables until they get that controversial honour of running in Pamplona, where they die a, a gladiator's death. Sorry, going back... Bullfight's a brutal event. They have yeah. the equivalent force of an artillery gun. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently all like the momentums, I guess they're so big, so much weight, and they can run so fast at 35 miles an hour. If all that force goes through the little point of their horn, apparently it's a lot of force. A hell of a lot of force. I don't know which artillery gun. No. I wasn't specified. To be fair, I think if you get hit I, by one, it probably doesn't matter what the model is. It's going to fucking hurt, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I imagine if you, if you take a direct horn to your mainframe, you're going to... <laughs> you're going to be needing some serious treatment to make it through that nasty way to go yeah yeah Barn and Matt do you think you would be what is it a Toro something or a uh, a Toro little Bravo. a Toro Bravo a Toro Bravo or uh, a Boy do you reckon you'd make it so, yeah do you reckon I guess you've got a, what a brave it takes bull. I don't think I do if I'm I honest. reckon I'd make it yeah I, I'd, I'd personally then again I haven't ran with the bulls so maybe it'd be the other way around but I, I don't know I reckon if I if I want to be a cow, I want to be I want to be this cow. I don't want to be you know busy getting milked in some in some farm. I want to be getting pampered and then getting really angry, having a nice run, getting all that adoration from the fans, and then getting then getting I, put to my end. But I reckon that's a better deal than most cows get. You know? No, but imagine being like a free range Jersey cow, dairy cow. You have got pastures green. Mm. Yeah, you got big cojones. Yeah. You're dying at the age of four years old, and I'm sat being having my titties milked three times a day. Eating this is very true. Premium, premium Waitrose grass. I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally, I yeah. wouldn't go for Jersey cow. I'd, I'd love to be up in, uh, up in the grassland or Switzerland. Personally, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sticking oh. to me, uh, to a local cow. But, oh, uh, they've got a life. Yeah. When you said Jersey, I was like, I'd rather live a short, full life running around Pamplona than be in the fields of Jersey, as lovely as it is, but to be a cow in the Alps might be a game changer. I think I'll get bored in my same little patch in Jersey, but if I was in the Alps, I'd be just loving life up there. So, I don't know. I thought I would be a Toro Bravo, but the the Alps cows, they just sound like they're having a good time. I'm even, I'm thinking bigger than the Alps cows here. How about Argentinian cows? You know, firstly, you get to be in like Patagonia, different places in Argentina. You got a proper nice cowboy. You're getting proper American, like South American food, um, and then also like when you do die, you, you're known as being for best steak in the world. Like, oh no, 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 see that's where you're wrong. 
we got to go and we got to look at Japan for the Kobe Wagyu beef. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they feed the cows on beer for their entire lives. They're drinking beer. They get massaged every day, fed real fatty, rich diet to get that marble in. That is what I want to be. Big fat Kobe cow. Thank you. I'm the exact same with yeah, that. Where's the glory of the death in there? Like, you're going to taste right. this, but when you get killed, you're not getting this massive fanfare. You can I'm keep your right glory. Keep I'm your glory. Right Interesting. You are, you are picking to either have the possibility of your balls taken off, to be burnt twice when you're one year old and to be killed when you're six and be on a vegetarian grass diet your whole life over drinking beer, being allowed to get fat and then, you know, just when it's your time, having your time. Well, we differ. I, I guess I'm just an athlete. I'm a vegetarian anyway. So yeah. I wasn't at the time, obviously, because I had no objection to running at the balls. But I mean, I think I just love the drama, maybe. That'll be it. But, mate, you have to risk being a boy, being castrated. You don't know if you're going to make it to being a bravo. And what what is the life expectancy of a boy? Like, what, what quality of life does a boy have? Like, does, does a boy get to eat some nice food, drink some nice drink? Does it get to drink I think, beer? Does it get to... I, think, I guess yeah, they, I think, they're probably... Boy is Spanish for I burger, think. I think. They either just become like working oxen or they become like, I think they might be the ones that become like the little equivalent of sheepdogs. So the, the cow, cows. And then cow. they like, yeah, but it's a cow cow. It's not for the sheep. It's just a cow cow. I think they're then in charge of like helping herd them up. I think they run with them just so they don't get lost. Like they tend to stick together because they're still brothers. <laughs> so you still, you still get all the treatment. You just wouldn't die at the end. Maybe. The equivalent the boy is the way to go, but to be honest, I don't want to get castrated, so that's a tough one. Maybe I just want to be a Japanese coot. It's like if you don't make it as a footballer, you have to go into like some boring office job. That's what the equivalent is. Then you just go into admin. No, I think they become the equivalent of maybe like the third choice keeper. Like they don't have all the stress and the rest, but they still have quite a nice life. Checking any, uh, but there is the risk if they get the office job. Yeah, do you reckon any purposely, though, decide that who wants to be a boy? Like, maybe after their first birthday, they're just like, do you know what, this isn't for me anymore. I, I can't do it. Like, I, I want to be a boy. I want to have an easy life. You know, I want to get to my pension. I want to get to an old age. I want to see my grandchildren grow old. Like, you never know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how much foresight a cow has. I don't know, you'll have to ask one, I guess. I'm scared of cows, though. That's the thing I didn't consider when we did the running the balls. When I was little, I used to cycle to school, but the cows used to chase me across the field to the village, and I've never really forgiven them for it. So maybe it's a good thing the policeman dragged me out, but I can't lie, maybe there was a little bit of joy when we watched the bullfights because I was like my little bit of revenge because those bulls seemed as scary as the ones that used to chase me across Hynham. They were terrifying. My mum asked me to come with a stick to make sure I was safe. <laughs> anyway. Bullfights are brutal, but they're also full of skill and flair. The courage and the ability of the matadors is a proper spectacle, as impressive as it is cruel. What everyone can appreciate, though, is the atmosphere. Thousands of people from all around the world singing and laughing together and sharing food. It was epic. How much of that do you remember, Banks? By that time, we'd obviously been to the park, we'd had a, a carton of wine, we'd been walking around the town, you were still elated after the run, and I was just loving being there. It was pretty awesome. What did you like? What do you remember from the actual bullfight? Yeah, I, do you know what? I actually, I, my memory does actually do quite well for that night um, for a change. But um, 
yeah, I seem to remember after the bullfight, your relationship with Sangria took off um, and became very intimate. And uh, yeah, you kind of, kind of, uh, it's almost as though Sangria turned into water for you. Um, you feel like a third wheel. Uh, mate, honestly, I did. The way that he was holding that carton at multiple different times was uh, <laughs> not normal. Uh, and probably a lot of it was down to his lack of sobriety. Uh, soberness, <laughs> soberness, that's one. We carry on drinking sangria. There is a running theme of sangria throughout this whole experience. And um, and then we go back. My memory in that midpoint is slightly blurred. I don't really uh, remember the yeah, details. I think of... the turning point was when... We were sat there, obviously, and it was pretty nice. We were enjoying it. And then about, I think it must have been halfway. Like Everyone just gets their food out. And we didn't have any. But the people next to us started giving us all this really nice, like, it pretty much had a full, like, tapas meal. It was amazing. And this is probably where it went badly because didn't, we didn't have any food to give back to them. So I went and bought a few more jugs of sangria. And I think that's when things start getting fuzzy in my mind. Like, just came back with these couple of jugs. I think me and Will had one each. And then we gave one to the other people to share. And then, like, all singing, all dancing for the rest of it. But, yeah, not really yeah, paying too much attention to the balls after that. The, uh, so the sampling of the local cuisine was pretty much restricted to the, the drink and not much food by the sounds of things. Yeah, and luckily, luckily for me was that I wasn't quite uh, that drunk at that stage, and I could taste the food. And uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as great as Matt first thought it was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. yeah, I thought it was like the best thing I've ever eaten. I was starving. Like the only thing yeah. we had probably that day was we probably had a little snack before we went and did the bull run, and then we had a little sandwich when we got back. So we we were at the event, and uh, the bulls are are doing, as Matt said, their greatest deed of the, their life, um, living up to their Toro Bravo uh, name. And, um, yeah, just in the stadium, there's, there's a band in kind of each corner almost, um, and they're just blaring out music all the time. And it, it, was, it was like... it was a... Absolute tunes as well, like proper belts. Yeah, no idea. No idea what they were, no but I loved them. But, um, yeah, it was, um, it was an amazing experience. And it, it was great to be involved in as well. And then, um, yeah, once that finished, we just went back in and uh, parties along with everyone else. And Matt's love for Sangria uh, managed to change to Matt's love for Pamplona mascot. So this was a uh, this was a guy who was dressed in a bear outfit. I did feel sorry for him because for about 20 minutes, Matt used him as a walking crutch to help him get through the centre of Pamplona. Um, so is, is the bear the animal of Pamplona? Surely not. Mate, surely I not. I don't, I don't know how difficult it is to find a bull outfit um, in Pamplona. You're just worried so, like, if you wouldn't want to be wearing a bull outfit in Pamplona, people are going to be smacking you. You might take an accidental like spear through the heart. I don't know. It'd be horrendous. Horrendous welfare situation for... Uh, but yeah, I thought he was like my best mate. He seemed really nice and helpful. I don't think I was any trouble. I'm sure you weren't. I'm sure you weren't. I'm sure you were completely normal, completely fine and weren't hassling him in any way whatsoever. But um, yeah, so we carry on. And um, yeah, so we just we just party in with everyone else. And then all of a sudden we kind of hit, hit like a bit of a flagging stage. And... Um, you know, at, at this stage, we didn't really want to go back to the graveyard for obvious reasons and sleep. And so we thought, you know what, going to have a five minute rest here um, on the city hall steps in the central Pamplona. We'll have a quick, you know, five minute, just nod off for a second, nod back up. And then, yeah, we'll be ready to carry on back to the graveyard to actually get into uh, the van. Lo and behold, five minute turns into 
an undetermined amount of time. Um, and we have a group of policemen uh, stood over us, waking us up. Um, yeah, so obviously I thought they were back for Matt Head v Serial Bull Taker, um, but uh, unfortunately not. They, uh, they were wanting us both to move on, and um, neither of our limited GCSE Spanish, Spanish could actually um, understand that, but they did wave <laughs> their torches in our eyes and tell us to keep moving, so... Uh, we got yeah, they, they spoke the international language of force after that, I guess. And we, we got the yeah, message so pretty loud and clear. We got shuffled absolutely. off. Absolutely. And so then um, we managed to stagger, uh, walk walk comfortably back to uh, back to the van and uh, slept off until until the late morning that day. What a time to be alive. It's an amazing first experience just to uh, have, you know, had... Matt had Matt had two police encounter, encounters and uh, drinking enough sangria for uh, for quite a while. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a quality first day, and I think I think for me it was just like you know I think very much so uh, went into that trip quite bushy eyed, um, not really knowing what was going to happen. And uh, after that first day, I was like, wow, you know, like if if we even get one more day's experience like this, and this trip is crazy and, and thoroughly worth it but um yeah it was it was a crazy first day it was it was it was an amazing first day and it was it was a huge shock and um welcome to europe and welcome to the rest of the road trip really uh, but yeah i'm i'm gonna add in a new section though to this because um it's gonna it's gonna be open and transparent with any listeners as well and it's it's a new section that i'm dubbing will bannister would he go here again yes or no i'm going to work on that title a little bit as this goes on but um for this particular one would i go to pamplona again it's a yes no explanation needed um, really, but, would, um, have we sold it to Chaz? do you reckon would do you want to go there chuckles 100 percent. it sounds wicked I, I was so jealous at the time that i wasn't able to get out there for the first leg of the trip especially pamplona and it's definitely on the on the hit list and i, and I think to be honest got to be done sooner rather than later you know the animal rights is a really big issue and I think this, these kind of traditions are going to just fade away to you know rightly or, or wrongly um, I think they are going to start disappearing we might end up just having to do the cheese roll on Cooper's Hill instead exactly exactly and I'm, yeah, and I'm sure I guess that's our equivalent gone. back home yeah well, I don't that, think that was, artillery gun. no it doesn't but I was thinking my section could be uh, home and away with Chaz where I relate, I relate, I, you know, you guys are slightly more well-traveled than I am internationally speaking. And I, I, I can relate something back to these domestic listeners. So I, they can, I, you know, I love it. Love, I love that idea. So please, please do continue. Charlie, home or away? What, um, what is home for you? Home for me? Well, if you're looking to get the experience of Pamplona from the comfort of your own county, then look no further than Cooper's Hill, where once a year, Mad men from Gloucestershire and mad women from Gloucestershire, for that matter, throw themselves down a 45-degree gradient chasing a ball of double Gloucester. Maybe one day we'll get a chance to read it on the pod, but until that day, you've got this podcast and Pamplona to keep you satiated. What would be the, what would be the way equivalent then for double Gloucester? Like, you know, the cheddar, the roll of cheddar. What, what is the way? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Got, that got that makes the cut and makes it to the main event. 
it's maturing, um, but it's just it's it's just not mature enough. It's 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 not going to reach it's not going to reach that optimum rolling level. Like, I think I think that's your you know your dairy slices that you put on your burger. That's like your your, your bread yeah. and butter plastic cheese. <laughs> bread and butter. <laughs> a, a nice triangle shape that's not going to roll very well. That's where it's going to roll. Absolutely, it's, it's the equivalent of a castration is is being triangled. <laughs> anyway, that is how we started our road trip, and what an epic way to start. We enjoyed one of the world's oldest and most amazing festivals, we ate like kings and drank like fools, and we witnessed the controversial but awesome bullfights. Barn, for a brief second, joined a pack of killer beasts on the cobbled streets of a historic city, and I suffered the cost of my own arrogance and the mindless desire to catch on film something that can only be appreciated in the moment. All in all, it was pretty damn awesome. Next time, we'll be following the trip to Barcelona, where we explored the city's epic buildings, swam with some jellyfish, and attempted our first European all-nighter. Should be a weird one. Join us then to see what's in Matt's head, which is my head. I am Matt. Goodbye. And I am Charlie. Oh, fuck. Yeah, do you know what? Personally, I just don't think that sounds as good as this episode. I think we've, o- we've oversold this episode. We've done too much in one episode. But um, please do tune in next time for a slightly worse episode. Thank you. Do ba 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 do. Oh my word, Matt got taken out by the police. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know how many cowways. Do you think, oh, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? And it's just all getting a bit annoying. I managed to kind of latch onto the back pair of the first three balls. And I'm sat being, having my titties milk three times a day. I want to be getting pampered and waving their little balls around. This is nuts. I actually want to see my grandchildren grow up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can download all the shows we've done so far from Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please get in touch with us on Twitter using the What's In Matt's Head hashtag. If you could leave us a review wherever you've listened to this, that would be great. And if you could share it with your mates, that would be even better. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get all the latest episodes straight to your device. We will be back next week, but for now, goodbye.